Hey, welcome to the Danny Abel podcast, where I help you connect the dots between mindset, metabolism, nutrition, and fitness to help you easily understand complex health and wellness concepts. I'm thrilled you're here to listen to what I have to share. So let's dive right in. Hey guys, welcome back. On today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you one simple takeaway that by the time you hear it, you're probably going to be like, duh, that makes so much sense. But that's what I'm here for, (laughs) is to break down all of this nutrition and fitness shit into easy to understand and apply concepts. So the idea for this episode comes from something that I'm currently going through. And if I'm being honest, over the last five years, I've gone through multiple iterations of this. And every single time, it was hard. And it's still hard now. Every single time I wanted to quit, but I didn't. And now is no different. The situation that I'm in right now is I transitioned to more of a powerlifting focus at the end of 2021. So in November of 2021, I decided that I was bored with hypertrophy and bodybuilding style training. Honestly, I was really just sick of doing like 10 and 12 reps of everything. Like I was getting really, really burnt out. So it's been about six months and I'm absolutely loving doing eight reps or less of pretty much everything. uh, My main lifts that is. And In fact, I've legit been dying in my current training block because it's been really, really high volume. And I really just want to go back to like reps of three and four. (laughs) But I'm really excited to see what I can do in my next block when I transition back into more of a strength focus and really actually start peaking for my meet in September. So Stay tuned for that. But enough about that. I want to introduce today's concept and kind of go through the objectives of what I'm going to share with you in this episode. So we're going to talk about what is self-sabotage, because I feel like not a lot of people really truly understand what that concept is. They maybe have like a loose understanding. And then I'm going to go through three triggers that might be leading to self-sabotage or might be leading to you self-sabotaging yourself, and three ways to improve your conscious self-awareness to reduce or prevent these behaviors in the future. So when I say self-sabotage, what I'm really talking about is behavior, specifically self-sabotaging behavior. So let's define behavior. According to the American Psychological Association, behavior is, one, and I quote, an organism's activities in response to external or internal stimuli, including objectively observable activities, introspectively observable activities, or covert behaviors, and non-conscious processes. And then two, it's a two-part definition. And again, I'm quoting this. More restrictively, any action or function 
that can be objectively observed or measured in response to controlled stimuli. And then they also had this to denote. Historically, behaviorists contrasted objective behavior with mental activities, which were considered subjective and thus unsuitable for scientific study. Meaning, you can't really measure thoughts and feelings until they produce an action or a behavior, if they are going to produce an action or behavior. Like, I can't read your mind, you can't read mine, that kind of a thing. So it has to be something that is objectively observable. Self-sabotage. According to positive psychology, self-sabotage is defined as, and again, I quote, when we destroy ourselves physically, mentally, or emotionally, or deliberately hinder our own success and well-being by undermining personal goals and values. And that's from Brenner, 2019. And then they also had this to say, it is insidious, profound, and universal, and emanates from negative mindsets. And that's from Berg, 2015. And I'll have all my resources linked in the show notes for you. I want to talk about a really interesting study that goes along with this. Because if you've listened to any of my other episodes, I talk about mindset from the frame of an individual person's beliefs, blocks, and biases. So I want to give you an actual like tangible example that I found like really interesting when I was reading through the study, and I thought that you might too. And it goes along with this concept of self-sabotage. So according to Harvard Health, they discussed a study from 2008, and it was called Unexpected Improvement, Decline, and Stasis, a Prediction Confidence Perspective on Achievement, Success, and Failure from the Journal of Personal and Social Psychology. So really what it's about is how people react to success or failure depends not so much on their performance itself, like the performance of success or the performance of failure, but rather on their underlying beliefs about intelligence. The study was conducted in a university setting and it included 118 undergraduate participants. They were all provided a questionnaire to determine the degree at which they viewed their skills and capability as fixed. This is also referred to as an entity theory or the entity theory, or if they viewed their skills and capabilities as malleable, or this is called the incremental theory. And then they were administered three different tests. So the first test, the researchers administered it, and then they pretended to score the tests, but all students received a 61%. After the first test, 
all students received education on how to improve their scores. Then they were given a second test. Again, researchers pretended to score the tests. Man, if I was in this study, I would have been so pissed. Like, as I was reading through the study, I was like, oh, shit. Like, wow, this is really, really, really brilliant. Okay, so they administered a second test. And they, again, the researchers, again, pretended to score the tests. But students were randomly assigned to three different categories. Students who would receive a 29% test grade, students who would receive a 62%, and students who would receive a 91%. They were given their test results, and then the students' moods, their moods were assessed. All right, and then a third test was administered. This time, the tests were actually scored. The researchers found that student performance on the third test was affected by their underlying beliefs of intelligence. So again, this is the entity theory or the fixed mindset or the incremental theory or the malleable mindset. You've probably heard this referred to as like growth mindset. So those with a fixed belief of intelligence became more anxious and performed worse. They performed worse on the third test than students with a malleable belief, a growth mindset, if you will, about the capacity of intelligence that they had that it would be improved with training or the right training. So it's almost as though the students who recognized that they received training in order to improve themselves, they were more open to their test result findings. So the study went on to discuss that in reality, most people are not singularly one or the other. They're not just fixed mindset or they're not just growth mindset. They really, they have both beliefs depending upon the circumstances or the situation. So the authors concluded that the most effective approach for self-improvement is learning to select the most appropriate perspective for the given situation. Wow. Wow. If you don't have chills, I don't know what to tell you. Because after I got done reading the study, I was like, wow. You know, that really goes to show that, you know, the students who received the low scores, like that really wasn't actually <laughs> what was going on. It was their mindset that was influencing that. All right. So how does this all tie into self-sabotage? So recognizing and understanding self-sabotaging behaviors allow you to improve your conscious self-awareness. When you are more self-aware, you have greater capacity to consciously decide to change your behavior. Let me say that again. When you are more self-aware, you have a greater capacity to consciously decide to change your behavior. Is my thinking more fixed right now 
or is it more malleable? This will allow you to change how you respond to these thoughts through what you do or don't do, meaning prevent the non-conscious portion of your brain from taking over and reverting to evolutionary patterns. You get to decide. All right, so let's talk about triggering events. Triggering events are situations, it might be with a person, it might be a work situation, it might be a circumstance that cause you to go down that spiral where thoughts end up leading to feelings, which end up leading to behaviors. So what you really need to do is identify triggering events that are leading to these feelings. So it's the thoughts and feelings right there. When you can create more self-awareness around the thoughts and the subsequent feelings, you can pause there before the behavioral response happens. So here's some examples. Comparing yourself to others. This is a thought. Expecting immediate results. This is a feeling. And quitting on yourself. This is a behavior. So again, thoughts leading to feelings, leading to behaviors. Now, those three examples, I wouldn't say that they necessarily like happen in a sequence. Those are just three examples that I thought of and I thought might be relatable. So by identifying the triggering events, you can pull this information into conscious awareness. Bring it in so that you can analyze it and assess it. When you have greater self-awareness, you can develop greater self-trust with yourself. So many people are just lacking in their ability to trust themselves and just to trust in what they're doing that they end up self-sabotaging themselves before they get to the good part. If you lack self-trust, you will struggle with self-sabotaging behavior because when things get hard, you will vanish because you can't see the finish line. You know, maybe you think you're not good enough. You think you've been consistent, so you should be rewarded for your efforts. And because you can't see the end game, you figure, what's the point? You need to develop a more self-trusting or malleable mindset that the actions and behaviors that you are taking, they will work out. And if they don't, you will at least learn from the experience itself. You know, have you ever heard of experiential learning? I'm not saying that every time you're going to be successful, maybe there's going to be some failures in there as well, but there is value to be assigned through the transformation, through the process of learning. In order to overcome self-sabotaging behavior once and for all, you must be willing to do this. Are you ready for it? This is what I promised at the beginning of the episode. Change your identity. 
That's it. That's the takeaway. <laughs> Let me give you some examples. So I'm going to give you a couple examples from my own personal experiences. And then I'm going to give you a couple that you might be able to relate to yourself. Okay, so as far as like comparing myself to others, right now, I talked about at the beginning of the episode that I'm transitioning or kind of have transitioned to a more powerlifting style of lifting and training. And I have found myself having thoughts that I can't lift as much as some of the other women. You know, I weigh less, therefore I won't be able to lift as much as them ever. Like even if I gain more weight, they're still going to be ahead of me. You know, expecting immediate results. I feel like I should be progressing faster. You know, what else should I be doing right now to get faster results? <laughs> and really, I just need to be consistent, which I have been. But, you know, sometimes it's not about adding more. It's just being consistent with what you can be adherent to. And then as far as like quitting on myself, to bring back that example that I talked about a little bit ago, as far as like the behavioral piece, this is something that I haven't done. I've been very deliberate in recognizing that I do have the capacity to get stronger and achieve this new level of performance. And it doesn't really matter what other women are doing. I'm competing against myself. So here's some examples that you might be able to relate to. Comparing yourself to others. You know, my body doesn't look like that. How come she gets to eat that much? Expecting immediate results. I've really been trying. I've been consistent for two months. And then quitting on yourself. The scale goes up and you react. When life gets hard, you don't value the efforts that you're putting in. You value the outcome that you desire. So there's an incongruence between the value you assign to the outcome and the value that you assign to the effort. Pretty good, right? <laughs> so you need to become more self-aware in these situations or become more malleable in your thoughts. So when comparisonitis kicks in, you need to recognize it, determine if it is serving you or not, you know, AKA, what is it helping you to do? Or what is it preventing you from doing? And then what do you need to start, stop, or keep doing, or do differently in order to get out of that situation? All right, when you're wanting immediate results, A, you have to recognize it. You have to manage that expectation. Like, when it comes to ourselves, I feel like we can be the hardest on ourselves, but reality is, is that it takes months and months and months, if not years, to change the way that your body looks. If you go into this thinking that like, yep, I've been consistent for two months, like why is the scale not coming down? I'm sorry to tell you this, but like your expectations are not in alignment with reality. And then again, what do you need to start, stop, or keep doing? And then as far as quitting on yourself, you need to start recognizing that you're doing it. And then determine the triggering event or events, and then figure out what do you need to start, stop, or keep doing? 
in order to prevent that from happening. This is something that is so hard to describe in coaching. But for my clients, the best way that I can describe it is with the word support. Coaching is strategy, support, and execution assistance. But oftentimes it's the support. It's having someone there to help you save you from yourself. Give you an outside perspective. Separate the facts from the feelings. It's so hard to get caught up in your feelings. Sometimes you just can't identify the blocks yourself. So having someone who's not emotionally involved or connected to the situation can really help. If you can't afford a coach, find a friend. Find somebody who's going to be objective with you and be honest with you. And use that other person as accountability. You know, use that other person to bounce ideas off of. This whole thing with, you know, getting healthier and improving your wellness, it's not to be done alone. So through these processes is where you truly identify the transformation itself. There's so much value to be assigned to the process, to the work, and what you're actually learning, learning and applying, learning and applying, learning and applying over and over and over again. I can guarantee if you're consistent, you'll look back months and months and months and years down the road, and you will be so proud of yourself. So that wraps up episode six, guys. I hope that it brought you a ton of value and that it helps you to be able to get a little farther ahead. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Danny Abel podcast. If you're enjoying the show and you haven't already, consider subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. If you love the episode, screenshot it, share it to your story and tag me. And lastly, if you have any questions, send me a DM and I'll see if I can help. Thanks again for listening. Take care.